0: Welcome to Belief Beat, where we talk about things that matter with people who matter. I'm John Horner-Eibler, your host this week, uh, from Unity Lutheran Church in Brookfield, Wisconsin. So Unity is partnered with uh, several other congregations in the area, one of which is Cross Lutheran Church in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, Cross is also partnered with multiple congregations. And, And so... That means even in regular times, it's, it's sometimes hard to get to know each other in a personal way. And now in COVID times, it's, I think, even harder. And I, I think so many of us have sensed how important it is to be connected and to just talk to each other and kind of bring our distant worlds as close together as we can. And so... Uh, we're trying tonight something that we haven't done on uh, the previous podcast, which is we're going to start with a group of four people, uh, two from each of these congregations, and we're just going to talk about stuff. It's going to be different things each time we talk uh, life, where we live, what we do, uh, society, politics. We hope for you who are listening that. Uh, you'll kind of get to know the personalities over time, and that, and getting to know the personalities. So, let me introduce the people that are on this conversation, and then perhaps we will be together again in four, five, six weeks, and we'll just kind of keep revisiting it. So, from Cross Lutheran, uh, let me introduce uh, Fran Love, or Francis Love. Francis, welcome to Belief Beat. Oh, I'm glad to be here, John. Great to have you, and uh, at least on my screen i 'm looking right next to her is uh, Heather Pratt. welcome Heather.
1: Hi, hey everybody
0: and then uh, from unity Lutheran Church i've got uh, Jean Qualman Anderson. Hi Jean.
2: Hello, good to be here
0: Thanks and uh, Kevin Anderson.
2: Hey, John. Good to see you and everybody else
0: and And I should say that uh, on the on the unity and Kevin and Jean are married, Uh, so they'll bring uh, their separate perspectives but also kind of uh, a married perspective to this conversation. So for tonight we thought we would start by looking at uh, just where we live, the homes we live in, the neighborhoods we're a part of, uh, what that's like, what's different, what's similar, um, and where our faith communities uh, enter into those neighborhoods or don't uh, sometimes depending on the situation. So I think, Heather, I'm going to start with you. And I, what I'm hoping each person can, can do is just describe the place you live, both the, the, the structure you're in, the neighborhood you're in. Um, how'd you get there and like how long have you been there? And the reason I'm starting with Heather is I'm, I'm hoping she can also do a little self-introduction. She is the new vicar at Cross Lutheran Church. I think all the people at Cross who might hear this know what that is, but I'm not sure the people at Unity know what that is. So that's where you're going to start, Heather.
1: Okay. Sounds good. So, um, right. I'm the vicar at Cross Lutheran and vicar basically is like pastor in training. This is the internship year of the five year program, uh, toward earning the master of divinity. And so, um, our family actually just moved up this way. We are originally from the East Coast, but we were in Arkansas before this for six years. And so we are brand new to this area. We moved up um, over the summer uh, during the pandemic. So it was kind of interesting Uh researching and finding an apartment states away when you've never visited the city before. um, you know these days there's so much information online that we're able to uh, search for apartments and do all of that sort of thing online and we wound up on the east side of Milwaukee somewhat close to um, uh, the river west area um, we're over in a, a part of town called Murray Hill and this part of town has a, a number of smaller apartment buildings. It also has a number of houses that have been subdivided into apartments, and that's what we're in. Um, for us, uh, we, we had been uh, in a suburb down in um, Arkansas, so when we came up here, we knew, okay, we want a garage for when you get like eight <laughs> feet of snow and um, a place that would let us have a dog and Um, you know, stuff like that. So, but one of the other things that I think I like about it is that we have neighbors in this building. I mean, moving a couple states away to a brand new place, I thought, you know, it'll be nice to have some familiar faces in the building. Um, And where we are, the block that we happen to be on, there's a Catholic church and school that takes up about half the block and then there's some other houses around it. There's some green space to walk our dogs and some um, shops pretty close by. We had never lived in the heart of a city before, and we were excited about this and, and are excited to be here and that we can walk to a library and um, you know walk down the road and, and grab some groceries at the corner store if we need to. So um, the part where we are, um some of the houses aren't um, quite as new. And then you go a couple blocks further and you've got big houses and brand new apartments and all of that. It's kind of a mixture over
0: here. Well, we are so glad you're here. Uh, there, we don't actually have winters here, Heather. Though. Oh, oh okay. no, that's yeah, all right, just made yeah. up. It never happens.
1: What a relief. Okay, okay good.
0: well, okay. I might be lying about that. Uh, <laughs> hey, Fred, uh, how about you? Where do you live? Well, Tell us about your neighborhood.
3: Well, um the neighborhood I live in now is quite different from where I moved from. I moved um for the first time uh in 2014, all my adult life, I always wanted to live in an apartment. And I never had that opportunity. I lived in a flat or in a, a yeah, house, yeah. but never in an apartment. And so um about six years ago um well seven years ago i found my friend moved to this place it's called bria of trinity village and it's um senior apartment living independent apartment living it also has assisted living in another part of it and then on the 76th street it's end of it i actually am on 72nd street and on the 76th street side of it is where the nursing home is so the place is sort of set up for you to transition if need be from independent living to assisted living and then to you know the nursing home if you should need that uh and so we we live right on 76 I'm on 76 in Dean Road and across from me is um I don't know manufacturing on the south side um and there's a lot of industrial things going on. there's syndics over there there's um a bakery and stuff there. Okay. then you know, so I'm all that is there. But on the immediate east of me, where I live, when I go out on my balcony, I'm looking at a huge green space where there's just lots of woods and trees and deer and fox and coyotes and raccoons and You name it, I see it on just about a daily basis. And on my balcony, I have hung up six different bird feeders. So I have a a variety of birds that come to see me every single day. I'm awakened by woodpeckers every morning, (laughs) yes. But uh, the building that I live in, it's, um, there are like, oh, on the end I live in, there's eight apartments you know and all of the neighbors we all know each other everybody kind of checks on each other all the time um we have here a nice a beautiful chapel downstairs you know it's uh, a place where everybody knows if somebody's sick everybody knows it and so somebody is going to make sure you if you need it you know you get food uh if you need to have anything in this place where i live that you will have You know, so you never feel alone. There are several people that don't have families, you know, but there's family here within the building. Mm -hmm. So people are never alone, you know. Um, You know, if something's going on because everybody sits their garbage out at uh, five o'clock for the garbage to be picked up. And so if you're looking out and there's no garbage for a couple of days, you know, you know, if somebody's not at home or you know, you check in to see if they're sick or in the hospital and that kind of stuff we do. So it's really nice. I really love it, you know.
0: That's really good to hear, because I, you know, I think so often people hesitate to move, and and yet when you do to a place like where you're at, you suddenly have this community, and it's Oh gosh, like it's a, just it's wonderful. Yes, absolutely.
3: You know, I after my kids, and then my daughter passed away, and she had three children, and so you know, I was raising my grandchildren and then when the last one graduated from high school in 2013, that's when I started my rummage sales, as I was downsizing everything from my place because I had already picked this apartment out that I live in and they held this apartment for me until I was able to, you know, yeah, move in. And I have not regretted it, not at all. You know, there's a quilt room, an art room, you know, like I said, there's a chapel, there's an exercise room. You get 10 meals a month if you want them. You don't have to, but I mean, they have these pretty decent meals. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's an area where you can have gatherings if you need to. Um, You know, like I said, you just put your garbage outside your door and somebody picks up your garbage if you get a package in the mail, they'll call you and tell you it's at the front desk. I mean, you couldn't ask for anything more than that.
0: Awesome. Yes. All right. We'll learn more. We're going to jump to Kevin. Same question, Kevin. Tell us a little bit about where you live and the, the, the surroundings.
2: Well, Gene and I live on the far east side of Pewaukee. Um, it's in an older, like 1960s vintage Suburban subdivision, no sidewalks, no shared public spaces. You drive every everything you need. You have to drive for school, whatever. But that's the way it is in suburbia. Um, We moved here in 1991, and we found a house that needed tons of work. So we got it for a. We thought, okay, we'll jump into this. It's a decent price, and it's a decent (laughs) space. We'll give it a shot, and it was so bad. It was uh, the inside was bad. The (laughs) lot outside was bad. There was no driveway into the garage up. And Jean, said, <laughs> at the time, <laughs> Jean said she felt sorry for the house and thought we should buy it. So that's, <laughs> in part at least, that's why we bought it. We we have had many, uh, we have completed many improvement projects over the years, and they're kind of ongoing. We're, we're still working at it. So the, the house itself is kind of a ranch-style house on a heavily wooded hillside lot. It's got a steep driveway, so there's lots of snow removal issues in the winter, but we get we by with that. Lots of nice planting areas, planting beds mainly for flowers, not really vegetables because it's there's so much shade. It's hard to grow any any food plants. But a lot of Gene does a lot of work with flowers. Mm. Um, also, lots of privacy, um, which I guess we kind of like. Like when you look out our back door, our back windows, you don't see the house behind you because it's up over the hill, down on the other side of the of the hill. So in that sense, you kind of feel secluded, which I think we both kind of like, or me especially. We raised our two daughters here. They were three and a half, three months or six months old roughly at the time we moved here from Green Bay. So we've been here since, since 91.
0: And Fran, who lives in this like uh, <laughs> uh, urban setting, nevertheless has all of this wildlife floating around. Yes. What What do you have in your yard, Kevin? Do you have
2: <laughs> nearly as uh, much as she has? Well, I don't know if I can name the- all the ones she has. We have deer and raccoons and squirrels and chipmunks, of course. Lots of birds. A couple of bird feeders. Okay, all right. So
4: kinda- we had a coyote come and kill that deer one time. Remember that?
2: Yes. Whoa. Yeah. we are had-
4: In our backyard.
0: Yeah. Okay. Merle- I don't know. Merle- I don't know that we'll dive into that right now, Gene. <laughs> oh. No. <God. laughs> I- how I how about we've heard his add- voice? <laughs> Jean, what would would you add to the description of where you guys live?
4: Um, Well, it sounds like both Heather and Fran probably have a greater sense of community than we do. Even, you know, just because of we're on a dead end street and it's just a little bit, like Kevin said, a little more isolated um, as far as knowing our neighbors. So I kind of miss that from... Both houses ago, when we lived in Green Bay and when we lived in Wauwatosa, we had community at that at those places, and it didn't happen here. But you know, there still are other advantages, and you know, we stayed here for almost thirty years, twenty nine mm-hmm. years. Um, the first two months we owned the house, we stayed with my parents to fix it up. If that's how much work it needed, oh, so wow, yeah, it was two months of work, and um, I don't know, It feels like home.
0: I was going to say, that means, you know... Yeah, yeah you 30 years. Here, <laughs> Well, as long as we're with Eugene, you, you had to wait to go last on that one, so we'll let you go first on this next one. Um, so, would you describe your neighborhood as diverse or not? And that could be a super broad question. I mean, diversity could be skin color, it could be beliefs, it could be... Uh, money are there kids there when you think of your neighborhood how would you describe it on that one particular adjective
4: there are different ages when you said are there kids there i mean two houses down an older couple had moved out and then a young family moved in um diverse as far as money i guess you don't really know i mean i don't we don't know our neighbors well enough to know some of those questions Mm -hmm. like, you know, for example, sexual orientation or, um, you know, economic, unless the judges were the neighborhood you live in, I don't know. their you know, their economic situation really. Um, there may be one person of color or I should say there is possibly a Latinx woman, but you know, again, you don't say, Oh, I mean, I don't know the details on that. Yeah, but otherwise, yeah. no, it really pretty much white, but um, different ages, older, younger. Um, okay. Okay. And I don't know about, see, I don't know our, my neighbors well enough to know even religious, if there's religious diversity, I don't know that.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, makes me kind of sad that I don't know people well enough to know, to an, even to answer those questions. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, well, uh, you know, I think we're going to have lots of different answers to most of the questions that we <laughs> ask. But, <laughs> no, That's okay. Uh, we are who we are and we live where we live. Yes. Um, Fran, how about you? What? How would you describe your current neighborhood in terms of, like, diversity? Well, where I am, I
3: guess I hit the diversity jackpot.
0: <laughs> Say more. <laughs>
3: Yes, we have um, just about every religious denomination. There are Muslim, there's Jewish, there's Catholic, you know, I'm Lutheran. Uh, We've got uh, UCC, we've got Baptist. I mean, um, um, we have people that are um, disabled, you know, or other abled, I should say, you know, that use uh, wheelchairs and things like that. Um, with There's um, black and, and white, and we have Asian, we have Hispanic, we have uh, old, and, and that's the one thing. Uh, everybody here is age 55 and older. So we don't get, a, we get a lot of grandchildren who come to visit. Yeah. We uh we did we have like, you know, Easter egg hunts for kids here every year. We well we didn't this year. So we didn't and we have a Halloween, a big or Halloween, but which we won't have this year. Hmm. Uh we have a cookout and stuff for you know for the kids and stuff. So in that way, um we do and we have a grandparents um group that we bring in our grandchildren. And we have like intergenerational, um, you know, co- talks and you know just to see where they are, they are and we are, and they're helping right, us most right. of the time. Right, A good idea. Chronics. but otherwise, uh, yes. Uh, whether uh, I don't know sexual orientation. I mean, we're all kind of old, and sex is probably the, the one of the last things. No matter how we're doing it, you know, or who you're doing it with, there <laughs> there aren't that many, you know. What I yeah. So that's the only way I can say that. I don't know what to say other than that. But uh, otherwise, yes. And we learn so much from each other, you know, as we sit and talk to each other, you know, if you're sitting, we have a library too here. And so, you know, people go to the library room, there's a room where you go and they do puzzles and things. So you run into a lot of different people in a lot of different areas and we have conversations all the time, you know. Uh, around different things so yep I, I think we're pretty diverse here
0: yeah you have you know what a, what a great place to live I mean uh, to have a built-in like for example interfaith group that you could just talk with right people from such different backgrounds yes tremendous. Mm-hmm. hey Heather how about how about your current neighborhood how would you how would you describe it it's
1: interesting because this neighborhood of Murray Hill, you know, if you go a couple of blocks over this way, you start to get some, you know, you know Greek restaurants and, you know, things like that. You head over this way, you start to get more bougie things like cookie restaurants and things like that. <laughs> that um, maybe were put in just a couple of years ago. So it's it's just this really interesting space where I feel like it starts to straddle some different lines. Um, now, I, I'll certainly say it's more diverse than the suburb that I was in in Northwest Arkansas. Um, so, I mean, if I'm going to compare it to that, it certainly is. Um, but it's definitely still pretty white over here. Um, but... But there definitely is that diversity too, in terms of both um, maybe class because you've got some people who are living in you know a whole house versus some that are in apartments or buildings that have been subdivided and Um, and then we also, I think we skew kind of young over here. Um, I didn't realize how old i would gotten until I was sitting in my (laughs) apartment and I can hear all the, you know, I think they're grad students outside and they're kind of noisy and they got their cars that they rev and I'm like, Oh, these kids, why don't they go to bed (laughs) so I can sleep? Now I know I've gotten old.
0: Wow, Heather, you have, come on.
1: (laughs) <laughs> no, just, just a couple of years, I'm going to be over there with you, Granny Goose. And, um, and so, so it's it's an interesting space, you know, like a block over. We've got a tattoo shop and a um, comic book store. And so I'll see, you know, kids on there. Kids are probably 20 on their um skateboards heading over there lots of people out walking their dogs so it's an it's an interesting space and um i'm trying to think let's see um and we have been able to get to get to know some neighbors um in the building and then maybe a block or two down we've got into a conversation with a guy who was really chatty while we were out walking our dog. I feel like when you've got um, a dog and you're out walking, you tend to start to see your neighbors yes. a little bit more. Um, Cause you get to see, Oh, these are the same people when you go out. Yeah. Oh, There's the couple who wears kilts and does things and Oh, there's that guy who's um, that kind of thing. Um, and there are some kids over here. I know that um my son, uh, who, who goes to the public school here, we happened to be outside one day, and they were both wearing their school t-shirts, um, <laughs> yelling to each other, socially distanced, meeting each other as friends for the first time. Um, yeah, so it's an interesting little area over
0: here. Wow, that's a have driven through there, but that's a good description of the place to... Hey, Kevin, how about, Gene kind of described your neighborhood already. You can certainly add to it, but I I think the next topic I was thinking that you could maybe start us on is um, share with people a little bit how far away uh, your church is from where you live, and does it seem at all as if your church is part of your neighborhood, or at least is it a part of the neighborhood it's in?
2: Well, we live two miles from the Cross of Life campus on North Avenue. Um, so it's really, I wouldn't think of it as part of our neighborhood, it's, it's further away than that. I know the people that we know who belong at Cross of Life, who do live near the Cross of Life campus, feel that the church is part of their neighborhood. I mean, kind of so secondhand here, I think the people that are around the, that campus feel it's definitely part of the neighborhood. Uh, but that doesn 't really apply to us because we 're a little bit too far away
0: mm-hmm. yeah, for those who don 't know unity too much it 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 's on a major thoroughfare, North Avenue, but it is situated in like in the middle of a whole series of residential neighborhoods yeah. One of the things that we 've noticed is uh um hillside School had been kind of the neighborhood school, and we were kind of the neighborhood church, uh, the school district closed Hillside about eight years oh. ago. And that's really had an impact on the neighborhood oh, as yeah. a whole. You know, that was a place where people really gathered, as was this. Um, now that's not quite as connected as it, it was when that, so it's, in a sense, institutions like that really make a difference. Fran, how about you? Maybe the same question to you, either for your current place or where you previously lived and and Cross. How close, how does it fit into the neighborhood? Let's see, Cross is
3: about, I don't know, maybe eight miles from where I am now, because I take a freeway to everything. Yeah, But uh, Cross, um, no matter where I've lived, I've always felt that Cross was part of my neighborhood. Uh, because um, Cross is just about everybody's neighborhood. You know, um, we have people that come to Cross from all kinds of zip codes, you know, and Cross is the hub. And so I just look at that and and see that Cross is the magnet that pulls us all together. Mm -hmm. You know, we come from Oak Creek, we come from, uh, Wauwatosa, we come from um, Whitefish Bay, we come from Brown Deer, you know, we come from the far north side of Milwaukee where I am. And so I just look at it, it's 53205, but I'm 53223, but I still feel that that's my neighborhood and I feel connected to that neighborhood because as a youngster, I I grew up not far from Cross Church. Mm-hmm. Oh. And so I always feel a connectedness to what is called the inner city of Milwaukee.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And to me, cross is, um, it's a place where, you know, it just draws us all there. Um, I've got a funny little thing that I just want to put in here. Uh, a few years ago, uh, we were at church for our quilt group. And as we were getting ready to leave, there was a man and, uh, two children at the glass doors at the church. And I went to the door because he was knocking and uh, I asked, you know, could I help him? Well, he couldn't speak much English, but his little boy who was about nine years old could. And what he said was that the police had told them to come to Cross Church and they would get help. And so uh, I ca- got called pastor, pastor called Tom, because they didn't have money they didn't have gas they had there were actually three little children a wife and the husband and so um in an emergency we got them somewhere to stay overnight and they came back to church the next day which we were having a potluck for some occasion and they joined us in our potluck and we were able to take up money and give them money to go on their way so i say that cross is everybody's neighborhood because the police will even direct people there you know um, and I direct people there whenever I run up on a homeless person and I give them a couple bucks I give them a a card from Cross Church that tells about the bread of healing clinic uh, it tells about the meal program and all those things you know so um, like I said it's a it's a magnet it's it it draws people from everywhere. And I think there are a lot of people within the city that knows that cross is there and they know to
0: send people to cross. Isn't, isn't that the best, Fran? I mean, to have your church's reputation be, if you go there, people will help you. I think Jesus would be uh, pretty proud of that.
3: You know, I've never ever had a desire to go anywhere else because to me, it's about what Jesus wants us to be about is it perfect absolutely not but even in all our turmoil it gives us everybody there an opportunity
0: to try to get it right and hopefully that's part of what we'll as we maybe have more of these conversations that's more what we dig into a little bit all those unique things and sometimes the hard things so heather you're you're you know brand new to cross um so this is probably a hard question for you to answer, but tell us a little bit about how you sense Cross's place in its immediate neighborhood or its much larger neighborhood, as Fran was talking about.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Because it is very interesting that um, we have people that come from all over, um, whether in the city or in the suburbs. Um, and so um, even if we live in a part of town that might you know, skew um, more white, more black, more this, more that. It really is a lot of people that come together in that beloved community, you know, Um, really a diverse group of people. And I love that. Um, Right. I've been in Milwaukee now, like six to eight weeks. And so I am still getting to know it, but what I have definitely seen is a divide in that, um, kind of like when you cross over the river, so I'm uh, on the east side, and so then you cross over the river t- and to get there, and then you go through the um, really recently uh, renovated uh, part of town, mm-hmm. you know, kind of mm-hmm. city with, you know, brand new apartments and high-rises mm-hmm. and things, and so it gets, it's really interesting, it gets, you um, even fancier there and then um, and then you go maybe another mile um, after you go through the central city part and then you get to cross Lutheran and so for me I definitely see the divide along the lines of you know race and class in terms of where people might be more likely to be Um, so I see that and um, and that produces some good inner wrestling for me, I think, you know, um, live one place, work one place, um, and I have yet to be able to gather with our, um, beloved community in worship at Cross because of the virus. So I know that we are, um, racially diverse, economically diverse, um, age, you know, all of that, um. Um, But I haven't seen that as much yet because I think um, when I'm there at the church building, usually I'm there for the food pantry. So usually um, the people that I'm interacting with there are people who are in need of the um, services that I'm providing.
0: Um, Hey, Jean, I think I'll jump ahead a little bit if it's okay on kind of our, our topics I'm wondering, somebody who might be passing through where you live, is there something about where you live that wouldn't be obvious at first glance to someone who might come through?
4: Well, I guess when I listened to this conversation, I realized how isolated we are on our little dead-end street in this modest subdivision where people don't really know each other we don't have sidewalks and um, I don't know I think that's one thing that I'm kind of missing in my life is the community of the place that I live I find community in other you know in church and in friends and in those kind of things but I and when I was working I found community but I really don't in my neighborhood
2: mm-hmm. and
4: that makes me sad and I guess when I hear about other people's neighborhoods it I, <laughs> I don't know.
1: So, I mean, I'm happy,
4: you know, I guess no place you live is perfect. Yeah. Right. You know, right. There's something there's compromises and there's a lot of advantages of where we live. But I think the lack of community, the lack of diversity, um, you know, not knowing enough about my neighbors to know if I, you know, to, to know much about their lives. Um, Anyway, so that would be one thing. I, the other thing, when I read the question ahead of time, I was thinking we don't have street lights on our mm. on our street, oh. and it's, so you know it is kind of ice for being in a suburb. It's kind of isolated. I mean, there aren't a lot of streets without street lights. And I I walked down the driveway to put something in the trash two weeks ago, and it must have been there was no moon out, and it's like whoa, it is dark.
0: It is dark. So.
4: Anyway mm. um, I don't know if that's what you're looking for, but uh, no been... no i
0: mean I, I I think i I love your observation on both the street lights and the sidewalks i when we moved to Brookfield uh which is uh just east of Pewaukee, where you are, I'd never lived someplace before that didn't have sidewalks, and that <laughs> it's like this real intentional way of like kind of keeping people from connecting it, it just told right. me it's like yeah. why, why wouldn't you have sidewalks um uh of course i appreciate not having to shovel them so that that, <laughs> that part it. Yeah. um but yeah so often it it's interesting how things that we don't really control or maybe even notice about where we choose to live really do impact how we can connect with each other a little mm-hmm. bit um Uh, Fran, how about you in in your current neighborhood, anything that somebody who's just passing through for the first time wouldn't maybe immediately know or notice about it?
3: Well, I I think that people, um, passing by, uh, would probably look at it and think, wow, what's going on in there? You know, it's brick on the outside, you know, it's got a well-kept lawn, there are flowers and stuff around, but, uh, If the weather's not nice, there aren't a lot of people outside, especially on my side of the building. But in the front, you'll see more people coming and going. But I think they would look and say, oh, you know, it doesn't look like there's much going on. But every time somebody comes into this building, even if they're coming to visit me, or if they're just coming, even the spectrum people, they'll say, wow, there's a lot going on in here. (laughs) From the outside, you wouldn't think it was, you know, this much stuff happening here.
0: So it's a little beehive on the inside. and Yes,
3: right. You, you know, because you neighbors come end. over. You, right. You you have your neighbors come over, and we're not supposed to, John. But You're, there are some of us. Yes, we well, know that we're all COVID free because nobody has been anywhere.
0: Okay. <laughs> Brad, you know this is going to be out on the Internet. Are you sure you, <laughs> you want to <laughs> not be saying that? Oh so, no. So this was actually Francis Smith we were just talking to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh man. We'll put you in the witness protection program and oh please. I, I I think so. Anyhow, I'm glad you get to connect a little bit. We are, yes. we, are we are in favor of human connection. Yes. Uh, Kevin, how about you? Anything that you can think of that isn't obvious about the place where you live to maybe somebody who's there for the first time
2: um i don't know if I have anything terribly insightful. I would agree with gene's comments um, it's I guess you wouldn't see this from the outside, but it's um in my experience people are they kind of more or less keep to the, keep to themselves um, it's not that people are unfriendly they just don't necessarily actively reach out to you from the time we've been here. And I mean, we've become part of that and you probably don't reach out to people like we should either. Um, but I think, you know, we, in our case, and I, I'm guessing in others, you tend to form friendship groups around people through people, you know, from church or church. people the families that your kids went to school with and that kind of thing. And I'm guessing that's the case for other people in our neighborhood as well. You know, they have their own circle of friends they just don't necessarily reach out to the immediate neighbors around them as part of that group.
0: Heather, how about uh, I'll, I'll switch the question on you a little bit. Um, just to, I think you're the only one I'll ask this one of because, uh, you know, as we kind of work our way to the end of this podcast. But uh, what's something that's super special to you in the place where you live?
1: Hmm. And
0: let's not count people. Let's count either the how the space feels, something that's in the space. Anything fit that description?
1: Yeah, you know, a couple of things um, come to mind. One of them is these uh, warm, uh, brown, um, like orangish-brownish walls that happen to be the color of the apartment before we moved in. And I, I think it really uh, makes the place feel more cozy. And I thought maybe it'll even make us feel more warm when we're hibernating for six months of winter. Um,
0: <laughs> wow, you have heard bad stuff about yeah, our winter. I
1: know. It's not six, months. not six months. Yeah. <laughs> that's really helpful for us for this space is that um, the apartment that we're renting we purposely got one that was a little bit bigger for this year because we didn't know if the college kid would be coming home and now there'd be more of us quarantined you know all that business Um, but there's also an upstairs where um, you know, my son can do occupational therapy and this or that, and we don't have to worry about being too noisy for any neighbors below us because we are the neighbors below that upstairs, and so that is really helpful um, for us uh, to be able to have that upstairs space too. Um, and then um, possession-wise, some of my, you know, a, a lot of anything that I'd think of are things that have sentimental value like I've got a picture behind me that was there at our wedding and so everybody signed you know the matting around the frame who was there that day I have some water from the Jordan River um, from when I went like 15 years ago you know little things like that Um, but really when you move across a couple of states, the way that we have, um, you start to look at all your stuff and go, "How much do we really need this?" Because that's one more thing to pack and unpack. So, um, so we've slimmed down a little bit too, which has been good. Yeah.
0: Good description. We, when we take our like our high school kids on camping trips, we always remind them. You know, whatever you take, you got to carry for a week. You sure you really want to do that? <laughs> and, you know, that's probably pretty good advice for life in general. You, yes. you sure you really want to carry that with you?
1: That's right. Uh,
0: that could be a whole other podcast for all of us. So I think a good place for us to maybe bring this first conversation to a close is where do you see Jesus in your neighborhood? I mean, he's. He's everywhere, and he's with all of us, but sometimes his spirit is just kind of uniquely visible, though perhaps not necessarily with our our regular eyes so think about that a little bit and I guess I'd encourage people who are listening to this podcast to answer mm-hmm. that one for yourselves as well where do you Where do you see Jesus in your neighborhood? I think you've all had a chance to start at some point uh Gene, how about how about you? Where? How would you answer that one? Where do you where do you see them?
4: I immediately thought about in nature, in the plants that we have. I know that the question is geared towards people, but as you can tell, we don't have a great connection with the people in our neighborhood, sadly. Man, but.
0: Um, Andersons, so you are feeling too bad about where you live. I <laughs> keep going, keep going.
4: But. I always find God in nature and yeah. just the the change of the seasons, the, the constancy of how in spring those bulbs are going to pop up again and the perennials grow. And it's just something you can depend on. Um, and you know, so I see God in, in my plantings, I guess, um, yeah. and the changes of the season.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's just, there's something beautiful about both the, grandeur and simplicity of God's creation. Fran, how about you? Where where did you see Jesus today maybe or in the last week in your neighborhood? Well, um, I'm like Gene. I see it a lot because I sit in my recliner and I look out
3: at my bird feeders and across the way and I see how the birds come to the bird feeder. I have woodpeckers and i have golden finches and i have morning doves and i have uh, blue jays and i have hummingbirds and how they all
4: come you know different they're all different but they all come to the bird feeders and they kind of commune together Uh. at the bird feeders um and uh, my cardinals they
3: come You know, and I I always, well, you're gonna think I'm crazy and so is everybody else who hears this podcast. But I do feel as if there's a Cardinal that comes that has followed me uh, from where I lived before. And I I know it's not the same Cardinal,
1: but I I feel it is the same Cardinal. Mm -hmm. And it comes and I believe it's the spirit
3: of my daughter who passed away.
1: the cardinal and people that come to visit me when the the cardinal comes and i'm talking to the cardinal
3: and it comes right up to the door of the my balcony door people um i sit and i'm talking to it and the cardinal is talking back to me and so (laughs) i know it seems crazy but it's true and there are so many people who have witnessed it so that's where i see i see jesus i see god
4: and all of the creatures that I see, you know, yep. along with some of the wonderful people that I meet in the hallways here
3: who are trying to give away vegetables or, you know, foods and, you know, that kind of stuff. So that's where I see it.
0: Hey, Kevin, how about you? Where do, where do you see Jesus <coughs> in the part of the world you live in?
2: Well, I guess I think along the same lines as Gene a little bit. We've, Since we've been here... The lot itself, the place we live, is surrounded by nature, and I see God in, in nature all the time. Um, the love of the family that's grown up in this house for our kids and for us and for our parents and celebrations and things that we've done here. Um, there's just so many good memories that are all part of the creation that we all enjoy, and there's just a lot of memories, and I guess that's why we're still here. We still, despite all the the other things we've talked about today, we still like being here,
0: yeah, we you really do get emotionally invested in space, and I think at some level we all know that that you know you, you don't need to, and yet you do. I mean, and I think because you connect the space to the people, you know, why shouldn't you? I I think it's a blessing really to have all of those connections. So Heather, we started with you. We'll we'll wrap with you. Same question for you. Where's, where's Jesus hanging out in your neighborhood?
1: Mm, man, um, well, sometimes I see uh, Jesus in individual neighbors. Um, one of my neighbors likes to foster puppies uh, to, um, until they find a new home. And so she'll have a different puppy every other week um, that she's caring for, um, in addition to being a nurse. So I know there's a lot of, and we have people here that we're talking to tonight who are retired nurses. So in that, mm-hmm. that, um, you know, that attitude of, of caring, of wanting to care for others, and then um, probably in the community organizers too. I mean, that gives me a lot of hope when I see how many people might see the challenges or issues around and then say, and I want to do something about it, so let's get a group of people together to try Mm -hmm. to make that better. There's so many people working um, to make positive change, and I definitely see God in that.
0: What a perfect place for us to end tonight. There's a lot of good people out there. I think one of the things about these podcasts is, is reminding us of good people who are really, not trying, not just trying to make a difference, but actually do, and it just happens in so many different ways. I'm so thankful for the four of you being able to join us. If you have been listening, uh, I hope the conversation's been good for you. Take us up on the little assignment to think about where Jesus maybe has been visible to you today or recently in the place or places where you live. Hopefully at some point in a few weeks down the road, uh, we'll get this group back together and we'll move on to a new set of topics for tonight. Fran, Jean, Kevin, and um, Heather, thank you so much for being a part of Belief Beat. And for our listeners, good night and hope you'll listen to us again soon. Bye for now.